Public Hearing, an Auburn City News podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm Elizabeth Hurley, Community Editor for the Plainsman. And I'm Evan Mealins, Assistant Community Editor for the Plainsman. Well, how are you, Evan? It's almost February, so... Yeah, you know, I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, looking for spring break, but you know... Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We have to go to class first, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But this week, though, our guest is Ward 3 City Council Member and Mayor Pro Tem Beth Witten. This is Council Member Witten's second term on the council and her first as Mayor Pro Tem. Council Member Witten is a native of Georgia and moved to Auburn over 20 years ago. Outside of the council, Miss Witten owns her own business. We sat down with Miss Witten to talk about her position as a council member and Mayor Pro Tem, as well as her thoughts on pressing community issues. Thank you so much for joining us, Miss Witten. I'm glad to be here. Where you go? <laughs> well, so let's go back a couple of years, uh, probably about 2014-ish. So uh, why did you decide to run for city council? You know, it's just important for me to be a part of the conversation. And what better way to be a part of the conversation is to be at the table. <laughs> and I just really felt um, I've always been civic minded, um, even mm-hmm. um, as a young person. And I just felt this was the best way. And we had a council member who was not going to run again. So it was an open seat, uncontested seat. And I just really thought it was the best time to, if I was going to do it, to um, put my hat in and um, having a young family. And there just wasn't that being represented at, really at the time on the council. And I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we had a lot of issues in front of us about schools mm-hmm. and about um, development and how the city was growing. And those are all things that were hitting the right um, conversation topics in my own house. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Awesome. So um, you decided to seek reelection. I did. Um, and then no one decided to run against me, which yeah. <laughs> was a blessing. But I did, I, I did tell uh, Brett Smith um, because, you know, he had his campaign every mm-hmm. door and four and he was going door to door. And when I was campaigning the first um, term, going door to door was really the heartbeat of my campaign. <laughs> and I missed that um, mm-hmm. this yeah. last time. I guess I could have still have done it. And I, I to this day, I think, OK, maybe one summer I might just go knocking on doors and saying, hey, how's it going? But it really is important to go face to face with your constituents and hear from them directly what they feel is impacting and what they think should be happening in Auburn. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I didn't have a... Um, an opponent, which was nice and a blessing, and so I got to sit back and watch the yeah. watch the uh, <laughs> campaign um, happen um, as it was um, evolving over this this past summer. So, for for your campaign, when you're going door to door, do you think of that as more as just trying to get a vote, or is that trying to talk to uh, people in your ward and really like hearing their opinion on things? Both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because obviously the vote matters, right? Um, but no, and definitely there are people who may not agree on everything that um, that I work towards, and that's okay, and that's the way it should be, mm-hmm. right? Um, if we were all the same, then it would be kind of boring. Right. <laughs> and so it was nice to hear different perspectives. And I've always said this to all my constituents, I will fight for you um, for what you want to accomplish, but I can't ever make a promise that I can get you to where you mm-hmm. want to be. Mm-hmm. But I will always listen, and I will always um, work to get through this, the issue and try to find a solution the best that we can together. And we may not agree on that, yep. but 
it's just, that is just how I feel it's important to um, represent Ward 3. Mm-hmm. So, Ms. Witten, uh, you're one of two women on the council, and you're pretty, we're pretty sure one of the first women to um, hold the mayor pro tem office in Auburn. So what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, it really just means that we're making progress, right? And so um, it's just really important that our constituents, my girls, uh, see themselves being reflected mm-hmm. in the government. So it's just um, making sure that we are representative of all of our constituents and that being female is important so that people can see, oh, we're just um, not all the same on the council. Yeah. So you mentioned right there you had a a few young children. I do. Well, let's don't give me more than I need, Evan. um, (laughs) (laughs) I do have two. I have two um, girls, 14 and 11. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they stay stay current, probably by nature, just because it's in the house. We talk about politics. But Kate, my 14-year-old, has always said she wants to be the first female president. She said that since day one um, that she could formulate her own sentence Um, (laughs) so anytime I see a female candidate running I'm like oh okay I like what you're doing but maybe not until Kate's there so right um, but they they it's important to me that they see um, that being involved in your community is vital and that everybody should um, hear have their voices heard should have um, an opportunity to um, say, now, that doesn't mean in our household that that works that way because right. it's not a democracy in our house <laughs> um, <laughs> so, or a republic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do um, discuss the issues and talk about things. And it's um, it's fun to get a 14, 11-year-old's perspective on how Auburn is being um, run. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So after all of the uh, campaigning and the um the first election and then the um, the runoff. Uh, mayor Ron Anders then appointed you as mayor pro tem. Can you tell us a little bit about that job? Sure. It just means that um, I hope that Ron doesn't ever get hit by a bus. <laughs> That's what that means. Um, so the council does elect the mayor pro tem, and fortunately the council had confidence in my um, role to do that, probably because we had a very new council. <laughs> and, you know, what I do is I help support Ron when he's maybe not able to go and do some things. Uh, ribbon cuttings, uh, sitting in on meetings, we're working towards um, the 2040 campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, there's other things that I get to help and support on. But really, it's just to um, kind of back up the mayor when he's not or he or she is not able to do things that's really the role of the mayor pro tem and you know i've signed um i've presented proclamations and resolutions when he's not been able to do that so it's just an opportunity to um support his efforts in the um, office of the mayor when the mayor himself is Mm -hmm. not able to be there yeah so your average week now serving on the council what does that typically look like oh gosh typical is um not ever typical Um, it varies you know you can have a day where I always um, it's weird council Tuesdays are the first and third of the Mm -hmm. month Mm -hmm. Um, and so those are the days I feel like are mostly packed with city business and then we have um, you know board meetings or stakeholder meetings and those are um, held when it's convenient um, Mm -hmm. for I I hold them when I think it's important and there's something that the constituency needs to be aware of or um, maybe just kind of touch point with them. And so ward meetings, um, ribbon cuttings, constituent meetings, like, for example, last week I had 
two homeowners associations and we met with the city manager's office mm-hmm. to, to discuss some of their concerns. So it, it, can, it can be a quiet week sometimes or it can be <laughs> fully packed with um, meetings and phone calls. And usually if there's an item on the agenda that's really a hot topic, hot yeah. button item, yeah. that's when the phone calls and the emails um, <laughs> ramp up. And that's when, you know, we um, kind of get in the weeds and get busy. And then the other time when it's not um, – busy with constituencies asking and needing and so forth then that's when we're working on plans and um, doing things that are for kind of future planning and working towards Mm -hmm. goals and so forth and that you know that's one of the things that this uh, this council with under ron has really been um, great about is that we have some focus on some different things like the task force and so forth and so that's a little different from um, the council tenure that I had before mm-hmm. under uh, under Ham. Not bad. It's just different. Yeah, just different. Yeah, it's a, um, a different mayor, and he's got um, different different um, goals and focus, which is um, important as we evolve and move forward as a city. Right. So during your first term as a council member, uh, there were sev- there were several plans that uh, passed through council, such as the Northwest Auburn Plan, the Downtown Master Plan, the Parks and Rec Master Plan, lots of other things that end in plan. Lots of plans, <laughs> yes. Um, which they're all now in full effect. Uh, talk to us about the work that goes into creating these big, extensive plans. Well, you know, kudos to our city staff. They really are the ones who do the bulk of the work, and we have an amazing Um, team on our city staff. The city manager's office, um, Jim Buston under his leadership, does a great job. And so really the staff themselves do kind of the brunt of the work Mm -hmm. and we are there as a council to kind of say yes that that makes sense or no that doesn't make sense or so we kind of pick apart their work, their Mm -hmm. body of work Mm -hmm. and really fine-tune it and then after we approve it it goes forward and the city staff starts to implement it. So we are really just a, a body that says yes or no, provide the funding for it, and then the staff just goes out and does the magic. So kudos to our staff. And, you know, it's important. We are at a weird um, kind of place in the city mm-hmm. um, with our tenure of our um, leadership at the city level. And so we've had several key department heads retiring. Yeah. And so that's why it's really important that we have a city manager that um, is good at their job. And so we'll probably in the next year be hiring a new city manager um, mm-hmm. after, you know, I'm not kicking Jim Buston out. He's, um, <laughs> he said he's, he's retiring. He did say he's yeah. retiring soon. And so that's another big um, job that we will have as a council to make sure that we pick the right person that has um, great leadership skills and knows all the facets like, a relationship with the university, a relationship mm-hmm. with the business community, a relationship with, um, you know, and is respected by their employee, you know, their their staff. So it's a big job. And um, but yes, st- um, staff is great. And those plans are vital and important. And you can see them happening and unfolding. And that's it. That's the um, magic of it all is watching it all happen. So of all those plans that we've been talking about and um, any ordinance that passed during your tenure as a city council member, is there any one that just sticks out as that you think is going to have a real like big effect or any one that really is your favorite? Um, well, any time that we can put in place something that um, moves us forward mm-hmm. is um, I'm in favor of. 
do I have a favorite? Um, well, you know, the downtown master plan, downtown has a special place in my heart. I love to be downtown. I think we have a beautiful downtown. And, you know, the downtown master plan mm-hmm. has called for, you know, student, purpose-built student housing to go west and um, for retail on the bottom and, um, multi, you know, like mm-hmm. mixed-use living and mm-hmm. work and play. And so that's also a different um, thought process that is evolving as um, we evolve as a city and as we grow because our students are seeking new things mm-hmm. and our residents are seeking new things and so this is just a way to help that um, happen so probably the downtown master plan has been one of my um, more um, fun projects that to see evolve and happen and then you know the parks and rec plan right that I mean, when we when that starts to really um, unfold and unpack, it's going to be amazing to see like the new parks. Like we're getting a new park in um, Ward Four, mm-hmm. the Denius Park, which I think is going to be really um, neat. I have aspirations for there to be a, like an urban food forest in that park. That's Ooh. one. Yeah. Of them. yeah, I would love <laughs> to see that. Um, so the parks and rec, and then you know the um, how things are evolving with um, recreation and. Um, and how we are creating more spaces for people to go and, and relax. I mean, I think that's very important for us. So. Yeah. yeah, that Parks and Rec plan is is mm-hmm. comprehensive. There are plenty of projects. Yes, oh, yeah. and like yeah. the Lake Wilmore and uh, creating pools um, at Boykin, and there's some things, and as y'all have probably been following with um, the closing or the, I guess, the restructuring of Help Plus, and yeah. mm-hmm. that's created some – um, opportunities for us to maybe shift some things around if mm-hmm. we need to and fast okay. track some things if um, just so we can meet the the needs of our um, constituents and so there's opportunities um, and but yes and so a lot of work has gone into that and then I'm excited about the 2040 plan yeah. mm-hmm. and where that will take us as a city mm-hmm. over the next 20 years and so and that's a citizen-led plan Mm -hmm. that is not um, driven by the council members we will all serve on different committees but that will be led by our citizens so I'm super excited to be a part of that and see that happen and what that will look like and what our what the citizens say our goal should be for the next 20 years Mm -hmm. so um, I know one of the things you talked about uh, during your second election or I guess your (laughs) your second term yes (laughs) your the non-campaign that I had Um, it was creating a more formalized uh, council packet meeting, uh, which is something that the city council does now every, basically pretty much every Friday before a meeting. Um, so why was this something that you pushed for? So I'm a process procedure kind of person, <laughs> even though I'm a creative as well. I'm like, I, I'm weird. I'm like ambidextrous in that yeah. sense. Um, and I just like there to be order when we're talking about business. And I've served on many boards and um, different commissions and when you have a meeting that is run with efficiency, it's usually because you have a good um, process and controls in place. And we just, um, you know, in our last term, we had citizens communications all at the beginning of the meeting. Mm -hmm. And that was great, except for sometimes we would have probably 20 or so people speak on things that weren't on that evening's agenda for doing the city's business Mm -hmm. and so out of fairness to those who were there to do the city's business and we separated it out we still want to hear from the citizens we still want to hear their thoughts and um, comments and concerns but let's move that to the end of the meeting after we've done city business and Mm -hmm. then we have time to hear from you and then you know we formalized our boards and commissions Mm -hmm. appointments process 
and Which that was, was something that you did. With, yep, um, I um, I Kelly led Griswold. that initiative with um, Kelly Griswold, and that was um, I think very important. And that was something I saw in my last term that I thought could improve. And you know, we're still ebbing and flowing through that as well. Um, with all things new, we have to have flexible thought and mm-hmm. understand that okay, we may have thought this was the best thing to do, but maybe we could tweak it now that we're kind of in it. So there's some opportunities there, I think, to. Um, really finesse that process mm-hmm. even further. And so, it, but it has worked beautifully and it, it also gives opportunity for the citizenry at large to um, feel like they have um, more opportunities to be engaged. Yeah. yeah. So one big issue that's coming up and that we've already been talking about and in planning commission, now it's moving to the council, is a student housing moratorium. Yes, yes. And I think that's going to be on the council's agenda on the 18th of February. Yes. You know, um, with all things, there's unintended consequences, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, we were, the city was really ro- rolling with um, a different set of facts and under a different um, leadership and plan for from the university side and you know the university was supposed to grow to like 35,000 right well now that we have you know different leadership and they pull that rain back and they want to really maintain um, the integrity of the student body and rightfully so I think and that's a great move and so we are you know working to respond in tandem with the university and work with them and and know um, and because it's important that our goals and the university's goals have commonality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. don't have to be the same but just work together in tandem so i think what the council has to look at is are we um is student housing really um over saturated are we taking on more student housing than really the capacity is um i personally think that the downtown master plan is working mm-hmm. and it's doing its job and it's funneling housing where it's supposed to be. But I'm not opposed to the thought of um, maybe evaluating that further and, and can we look at some things that might change the type of um, housing that we're seeing. Um, not that it, I'm, I'm pro, pro business, pro development. I think the markets work the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's the government's job to get involved and mess with that um, without having a real um, understanding of what that looks like. And I, I do think we have um, the right pieces in place to look at that. And it would be a short moratorium, a 90 day moratorium. It would um, be fast and furious. So I think um, as long as we stick to that um, thought process, of getting in, doing the work quickly and effectively and correctly, then um, then it, it it would serve its purpose. But um, I unfortunately will not be at that meeting. Hmm. Um, I had travel plans for my job because um, we actually all do have independent <laughs> lives outside of council. Real, real dumb. Um, yes, we do. So you know, I had um, planned almost a year ago that I wouldn't be here this council meeting. So unfortunately, I won't be there for that. Um, for that vote, but I think the mayor is um, has a good head on his shoulders and has a good thought process, and the staff is also providing really good guidance in that, and I don't think it's going to um, uh, make the cookie crumble in, mm-hmm. in a major way, so I think we'll be okay. 
And so another um, impending vote that's going to be coming in the coming months is on short-term rentals. Uh, though the issue in the ordinance um, to regulate them has not yet become, come before the council, what are kind of your thoughts on short-term rentals in Auburn? So I think there's a place for it, absolutely. Um, I think we are evolving as a um, human race that, you know, just like technology, mm-hmm. just like Uber created some competition in the um, taxi rideshare world, just as um, Amazon is disrupted um, retail, short-term right. rental is disrupting um, lodging as we are used to traditional lodging as we've known it. I use short-term rentals when I go to different places. It provides a different, more intimate um, experience when you're going. So I think it has its place. Um, right. Do I think it has its place everywhere in Auburn? I don't know. I have yet to see an ordinance that really... Um, looks right to me. I mm-hmm. think we've seen a very stringent ordinance. We've seen a very relaxed ordinance. We're kind of ebbing back to a more stringent ordinance. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm also, I go back to let let people do, you know, be innovative, let people use their um, homes for what they think is best. You know, I don't want to get into everybody's bedrooms and understand what they're doing. So um <laughs> But we do need to have some some controls, and that need to uh, make it fair. And we do need to have those who are entering into short-term rental the business to have business licenses and pay their fair share of taxes because that's what hotels do, and lodging right. taxes. That's what hotels do. So just as we did with the ride share issue, you know, make it fair across the board. Mm-hmm. So you know. Um, It'll be an interesting conversation. I think the council will be um, really divided on what that looks like. Uh, so stay tuned for what that those fireworks look like. And <laughs> you'll have a very strong contingency on both sides of um, the issue coming before us and talking about it. So it'll mm-hmm. be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a lot of interesting meetings coming up. We do. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Now, we actually have the last two meetings, I guess. We had a little bit of... Um, as you call them, fireworks, at the end of the meeting. Um, talk, and like you mentioned earlier with Health Plus, yes. kind of where do you stand um, with all of that? So, you know, for years, almost 20 years, Health Plus has provided that um, need and that um, for a pool, for a therapeutic mm-hmm. pool. It's a great, it was a great um, partnership of the private and the public sector working to fulfill the needs of the citizens with an opportunity to utilize it if you needed it. Now, the Parks and Rec plan already includes a, thera- a therapeutic aquatic pool center, indoor pool, plus an outdoor pool around the Boykin area. So we were already anticipating that mm-hmm. and bringing that on. And unfortunately, um, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, Help Plus or EAMC made a decision, a business decision. They're a private entity. They aren't part of the city. And they chose to... Um, restructure what Help Plus looks like. They're going to utilize that building for physicians' offices, and that is their right, their mm-hmm. um, opportunity. But it presents um, some unintended consequences for us as a, a city to then determine um, we now have an unmet um, need for our citizens, i.e., a therapeutic pool. So we'll have to determine if we should fast track that and, yeah. and move that timeline up. And I think this council is um, definitely sympathetic and empathetic to that, and we'll, we'll do what we can to in our abilities to make sure we provide what our citizens need. And again, um, it's unfortunate, 
And I do feel for those who rely upon aquatic therapy for their livelihood and for their um, to, to be able to thrive. And so it's, it's something that we need to consider seriously. Mm-hmm. So we've hit on some things from the past, and now we're hitting on things from the present. I've got one question for you about the future. Okay. Um, we're still a little bit of ways away, but what are you thinking for 2022? Oh, gosh. <laughs> 2022. Well, I definitely um, want to see I, – I don't think I'm complete in what I would like to see happen um, and the goals I've set forth personally – um, for my office as Ward 3 representative. I love Ward 3 residents and constituents. I love to be able to support them in their um, needs. And so as long as the residents and constituents of Ward 3 find that I should be the person to represent them, then I think I would um, continue that and, and run again in 2022. Okay. Yeah. So, and, you know, now ask my children that question. I don't know. Ask my <laughs> husband that question. I don't know what they feel, but we would make that decision as a family. But definitely um, it's been an honor and it's been very humbling to represent Ward 3. I don't take it lightly. Um, and I don't think any of us do. But it's just just being, um, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm a citizen of the city, too. So mm-hmm. it's important for me as well. And um, I don't know. I mean, that's three years away, yeah. so we'll see. Um, if iguanas start falling out of trees in Auburn, I might have to reconsider that. But um, that hasn't happened yet. So 2022 is looking pretty um, pretty positive. It's looking good. Yes. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining of us. Of course. Ms. It's Ms. my Whitten. pleasure. Thank yes. you. That's pretty much it for today. I hope uh, our listeners got to learn a little bit more about um, a member of their council. Yeah, you know, I always really, really like these episodes because, you know, we go to the council meetings, Mm -hmm. you know, but we never really get a chance to sit down with these people and talk to them and get to know them a little bit more. So it's always a fun experience. Yeah, definitely. Now, as a reminder, the Council and Planning Commission have some big votes coming up. The Council is expected to vote on a moratorium on purpose-built student housing at its February 18th meeting, and both the Planning Commission and Council will soon consider an ordinance to regulate short-term rentals, as we talked about with Ms. Witten. The Plainsman will be right there for you getting all the information you need. Pick up a print copy Thursday mornings or visit theplainsman.com for 24-7 news coverage. We'd like to thank Weagle for allowing us to borrow their studio. You can find our podcast and other Plainsman podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Hurley. And I'm Evan Melans. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to the Auburn Plainsman's network of podcasts. Join us next week for the next episode of Public Hearing.